0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: You have to become the person that like can sell and deliver your product.
0: Sure. What I
1: mean is, if you're delivering a good experience, like you're not going out and getting drunk every night. You're not lying. You're not cheating. You're not doing X, Y, and Z. And people are like, well, you know that... It, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But when I stopped being the person that it's almost like you almost have to be able to deserve to be able to sell it. Like you don't, a lot of people think they just come into a place and they just deserve to be able to sell something. Like the people that sell Ferraris, they didn't didn't show up on the Ferrari lot and start selling Ferraris. The same goes in business. Like you don't deserve to sell something until you at your core have become the person that can sell and deliver that product or experience. And when you become that person, your ability to sell becomes drastically easier.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm your host. Today, I've got Max Mays here on the King stage, my bearded brother from another mother. How are you?
1: Good, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. It's Friday. You know, we were just talking about like, oh, goodness gracious, the week is gone already. I asked you if you had kids. You said yes. I'm like, well, psh, that's why. Yep. <laughs> Businesses, Every time, clients, kids, you know, the whole deal. I'm just excited for you to be here. Thanks for being here. Tell us what kind of business that you got, brother.
1: So, we run a consulting company that works with entrepreneurs, businesses kind of of any level, but generally around the seven figure mark. And they are looking to create predictable, profitable, and powerful businesses for them, for their family, for their legacy, whatever they want to leave it for, whatever they want to create.
0: So I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you're right. Those three things are really important. So hopefully we can dive into those three things. And you gave me a little little behind the scenes on what those mean. And I'm just totally in agreement with you. Even a lot of the concepts that we kick around the the king's table here on this show or even in our mastermind group are are of that. So I just am excited for us to be able to be like minded in that way today. Before we get rolling, you've you've had a lot of success. You've had a couple different companies, you've made some transitions. At this stage in the game, you're you're playing a bigger You know, play here. You're trying to help other business owners, which is phenomenal. But why? Why are you pressing in? You've already had a good amount of success. Why not, why not just sail away to the sunset?
1: So biggest thing, biggest shift for me recently. I have a daughter who's two and a half. Her name's Violet, and my wife Haley. There's been this massive transition in my life recently that went, I'd say like six months ago, it really kicked in. So my whole life was like generate profit. It was all profit-based, right? And then recently I had a massive mindset shift to purpose and people are like, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody's all about their purpose, whatever. But it wasn't like, you can be about your purpose. And a lot of times people have a purpose. They're just not in alignment with it. Right. And, or they're just going about it the wrong way. Right. So like my biggest thing was once I learned how to leverage my purpose and I went through these businesses and I, grew these companies, I was in an incredible place where I could just step back and say, all right, great. Like, what can I do to help these other people? What can I do to help these other guys? What can I do to really start to transform like the landscape of business so a lot of entrepreneurs don't go down the same path that I went.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That warrior to king transition that we talk about often on this show is not just necessarily the size of the business, it's mindset. And what you just talked about, You know, working towards living like a king or being fulfilled, purpose, Yeah, there's a lot of talk, a lot of buzzword about purpose and your why and like, oh, give me the juice. And it's obviously always my first question. But I think when you really hold on to that, like when it's not just surface talk, when you've actually spent time, like you and the freaking notebook and a pen and your thoughts, figuring out like, what am I here for? And what am I really doing here? Who am I impacting? What am I really meant for? Then then you can go for it. Would you add anything to that?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And I think the biggest thing is like, you know, you're living for your purpose when you will say yes to opportunities you don't necessarily want to and say no to opportunities you want to out of alignment. Yeah. So like it goes again, you know, I woke up this morning. I was like two year old or two and a half year old slept with us last night. Didn't sleep super great. Right. Woke up nice and early. And I was like, man, I was living in the kitchen. I was like, I don't want to do what I'm about to do. Don't want to yeah. work out. Don't want to do any of this stuff. Why yeah. am I going to do it? It's like, yeah. well, you know, and, and then it comes out like operating out of the place of the button. That's what you're called to do. So you get up and you do it. And then after it, you're like, oh shit, that wasn't, wasn't that bad. Right. Okay. But it's, uh, yeah. And I would say that's it.
0: Yeah. There's, there's, there's two versions of ourselves, right?
1: <laughs> I call it the
0: 5am Chaz and the 7am Chaz. The 5am Chaz is, is the one that wakes up. And then the 7am is after the workout and the 7am guy is, is always thankful and in a good mood, excited about the day. The five a.m. dude, man, forget that dude. He is not trustworthy at all. <laughs> you just can't believe him. You can't trust him. Can't yeah. believe him. You got to quiet that guy down and just freaking kick him into gear. So I, I, I can, I can relate to that. I think that most listeners can too. Whether it's working out or getting up, you know, to just get to a job site or get to a sales call or whatever it is, or to a leadership meeting. I think all those yeah. things we we just do out of obligation because hey, look, man, this is what we're called to. Yeah. Love that perspective. Let's go to your journey, man. I want to know, how'd you get started? Like before, like back, back, you know, your first business, you, entrepreneurialism, how did it all start?
1: Yeah, so I started out in law school. Well, I went, went to college, graduated college with an economics degree. Went to law okay. school, did my first year. Absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And it was funny. So while I was in law school, I was running a business, creating like clothing for athletic guys. Interesting, um, okay. Yeah, got a lot of like, and that was kind of where it all started. Like, so I learned how to build websites, learned how to run e-commerce, learned how to market, learned how to build an audience on Instagram. And did the whole deal through that, right? And in law school, like, I had it during the last like few months. I kind of had to make a decision. Like, was I going to stay in law school, or was I going to focus on the business? And yeah. obviously, I was like living with my parents. You know, was, going to law school was, and there's like a lot of pressure that was like, hey do this. So I shut the business down. After my first year of law school was like, never want to do that again. And had an opportunity. I was looking for a place to work out and had an opportunity to buy into a gym. Okay. So got into a gym, bought in 50, 50, and then took it over. And when I took it over, he was like, it was like a weird gym. There was like, you know, three grand a month in revenue. The the rent on it was like 5,800. So it was like And what I didn't know was how much back he owed when I took it over, which just goes into doing more due diligence before you buy a company. But um, started getting into high ticket sales, turned it into a CrossFit gym, branded it. Everything's going well, like start growing that. And it went, that was fun. I enjoyed it, but I was doing it to have a place to work out and train to try to train for CrossFit more (laughs) so
0: isn't that funny how guys like you and I will take something that we want to do as a hobby, and we're like, "No, no, yeah. no, I can't just I can't just go there and work out. I gotta own it and then like grow it." it you know, like, isn't that a terrible? one yeah. yeah. Thing and then, all at the same time.
1: <laughs> it is, yeah. And then you're like, but you know, so it starts consuming your time. And I was like, but and then again, it's like trying to train. I, I get like very intense on the things I do. So training, I was training. I wasn't training like two hours a day. It was six hours a day. Um, it was like three two hour workouts. But I was training so much, I had to take like naps in between. Wow. To be able to go train again, yeah. I got a little glimpse into like that. And I love the training aspect, but what I wasn't doing was really taking care of the business side of it. So things that like, and it was really the first business I owned. So things that should have been red flags, like didn't hit me till they were too late. Yeah. And then it was too late. Ended up closing that down and got into construction. Worked for my wife's uncle and a crew of five guys doing remodels. And like an hour away from where I lived, making like 15 bucks an hour. So it was like from entrepreneur loving what I was doing to like hating what I was doing every day. But I got good at it and went and worked for a guy as a project manager for about a year and a half and then opened up my own construction company, which I just ran until basically getting acquired by another company and starting this consulting business.
0: Wow. The, The journey there, I think is just so real. I want to get into some of those red flags here in a little bit, but just to know that obviously you took something from you know, underwater to surviving to then closing it down again is a whole part of the journey. And then, you know, the fact that you went from a retail gym to construction is, is a whole nother conundrum. That's a whole nother brain function, I feel like, but at the same time too, we talk about this in gathering the Kings just because we've got so many different industries represented in the group. It's like at a certain level there's, it's just business, right? Like that's the same process. It's all the same mindset, especially, especially if you remove the X's and the O's of gym versus remodeling then now we have to talk about business. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's the, you know, from sales, like to growing a business to like, you know, one of my biggest ways to grow, people hate referral marketing. I don't know why they think Facebook ads are going to save their life. They're not like, and if you're running Facebook ads and you're doing under a million, if you're doing under 10 grand a month in like profit, net profit, I tell people don't run a Facebook ad because you probably don't need it. And like, you can refer, I grew my gym from, zero, literally $300 to 1.3 million in my first nine months, just through referral partners. Mm -hmm. And people are like, it like, it's so, you know, it wasn't through Facebook ads. It was through referrals. The second year I grew it through Facebook ads because I had like tapped out my referrals, but I went from the guy that no one knew to doing luxury $5 million homes through that process.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. Strategic partnerships can be the ultimate gasoline, especially for a guy who's even just trying to get to the seven figures. And in my opinion, like you said, even into the multiple seven figures, like the, the strategic partnerships really, I don't know if they ever tap out, but if you're local, then they possibly could. But I just think that, they're, that the market penetration is like, that's how you do it. And of course you can get the awareness factor through ads and and a whole bunch of other tactical items, but Super good information. I hope the listeners are paying attention. Before we move on from that, though, strategic partners, referrals, like just real quick on that. Like, how do you go about that? How do you think about maybe who would be a good strategic partner for me? Because, you know, our businesses are different. Maybe I'm in the trades, maybe I'm in retail, maybe I'm in, you know, high ticket sales, like whatever. How do I think about who a strategic partner could be for me?
1: So, a lot of people, and this is really funny because I just, I'm actually getting ready to fire a salesperson over this, but going through referrals people think that it's just networking networking without intention right it is not developing referrals like join 97 associations good for you you just spend a bunch of money on associations and you go and you're social and whatever and the problem is like you don't see this much with introverts but extroverts extroverts are the ones and i'm i'm like whatever, right on the line from like a couple of the profile things that I've done, but right on the line, a little bit more on the extrovert side and like really extroverted people will go to social things to be social yeah, and they'll make friends, but like that isn't necessarily the way to close sales. And I, you have to remember, like, you're going to networking. So, and like, I hear a lot of guys they're like, "Oh, I'm going to play golf, right? Like big, like guys in insurance, got to play golf. I'll play golf with people. And I, Hey, I get it. Like it gives you an excuse to get on the golf course. You're telling your wife, Hey, we're developing networking relationships. But then what you have to do is you have to start tracking those metrics. Like how, like, so I have a scorecard for my salespeople. How many meetings did you have last week? How many were referred from the associations you joined? Or how many sales were referred from the associations you joined, and how many sales did you close? Because yeah. if you're doing, I don't do a hundred a week. I don't care. Yeah. I'd rather you do one a week and get a sale a week than do a hundred a week and get none a week. Right. So, like the way that that's kind of a a side, but when you really start to look at your network marketing people, you want to start to understand like who has a complementary business that not only not can just provide value to you, but who can you provide so much value to? to them. They have to refer. So yeah. mine was interior designers as a contractor. Like yeah. you're an interior designer, you charge 150 bucks an hour, it takes 10 hours to design an interior remodel, right? So you're 1500 bucks. Now you're designing homes that are really nice. And traditionally what I found is a lot of interior designs, interior designers also like nice things, yeah. right? They want to drive the Mercedes and want to live in a nice house. Right. So- you're spending, you know, you get 1500 bucks for a client for a remodel for 10 hours of design. It's not very much. That's not really, you got to have a shit ton of clients to make some money. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll sell the furniture and they'll make money on the furniture. That doesn't come to the end of the project. And then you're like, the interior design is like the go-to resource for the homeowner throughout the whole thing. It's a little chaotic for them. So what I said was, refer me as a contractor. I'll deliver a good experience to you, the interior designer. I'll give you 5% of the gross. And like, and I'll, you know, I'll do this great experience, deliver it. So you can trust me. And then you and I are a team versus you and the homeowner versus me. Because when that happens, like it just gets, it's a mess the whole thing. Yeah. So, so then then I was going to them and they would refer to me, you know, a $200,000 remodel. Yep. Well, they get 10 grand on it. 5k up front, 5k at the end. Now their fifteen hundred dollars just turned into eleven five. Right. Yep. And they know that the job's gonna get finished. Well, because if the job takes forever to finish, they're not getting their furniture referral money or whatever, like the money that they make on their furniture until the very end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was adding more value to them than they necessarily were to me. Or at least it, you know, it seemed that way. Like, hey, I can go get jobs, but I'm gonna give you all this for referring me.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So you find people that can gain a ton from you and complimentary businesses. And then you actually have to go like create a strategy to talk to them and give them a really good offer.
0: Yeah. I loved how you broke down basically the ability to align with that person. And I'll add one more thing here for the listener to be able to find that commonality in the business. It's the commonality is the person that you're serving, right? So in this case it was a homeowner, but you got to figure out like the likeness, like, okay, a plumber also you know, does homeowner. Yeah. That could be a referral partner for you, but the interior designer is maybe a better referral partner just because of the like-mindedness around this premium remodel experience where the plumber is probably a better referral for the tile guy because the tile and the the plumbing go like almost hand in hand. And they kind of like one needs the other in order to be finished inside of a bathroom remodel or something like that. So that came up from a recent conversation inside of our inside of our group. We've got a, a super big tile guy and he's like, look, man, I love plumbers. I love plumbers. I I know all the plumbers. They're all my best friends that take great care of them because, you know, he's doing five, six, $7 million in in sales and, and it all comes from referrals. So I think that there's a lot to what you're talking about. I hope the listeners paying attention. You want to add something?
1: Yeah, that's a, it was an interesting thing that you said. So the, the biggest shift is a lot of times, like when you do this, you don't want the bottom of the barrel plumber, right? You don't want the bottom of the barrel designer. So you want the best, Yeah. Because they're going to bring you the best, not the high pay people like always get this confused. The highest paying client is 99 out of 10 times the best client you can have. Like if you perform well, if you shit the bed, they're the worst because they'll sue you and whatever, but like they will pay you. They will communicate with you because they've done all these things to get to where they're at today. That's right. And they they just have a different mindset. But what that forces you to do is inside of your business is to elevate yourself. Freaking level up. Yeah, you and so a lot of people are like, well, I, you know, I can't get in touch with the biggest plumber. No, you can, but you have to be, you have to do the best. Right before I got acquired, I was Sunday night, eight o'clock, put my daughter to bed. Homeowner calls me. It was a design referral, big $5 million oceanfront house. Hey, I think our roof's leaking. I didn't touch the roof. We had no part of the roof. It was an interior remodel. So you drive out there, you go up in the attic, and like, yeah, it's not great, but you know, it, the, the experience was so over and above that they continued to refer work. So that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. That experience. And we talk about this with one of my companies called transcend transaction and the client journey, as you're talking about, whether it be before the sale in the sales process, or even after, um, there's this feeling or this experience rather that you want to leave with the other person. And sometimes that requires you to you know, maybe outline a process. Maybe sometimes it's just responding to something and taking care of something that maybe had nothing to do with what you said, but it comes down to a relationship. It comes down to trust. It comes down to the ability to be counted, accountable or to be counted on. And I think you're yep. given all those, uh, those things as a great tool. What would you say back um, in, in some of these businesses or maybe even now in the consulting business, which is a good decision that you made in the business, super practical that has led to success that we can learn from?
1: As the entrepreneur who's selling the thing you're selling, Doing whatever you have to do. You have to be the person that can sell the product. Like, so, and what I mean by that is like, I always worked with clients on this at first is certainty. Right. And we do this like in our, in our three-day mastermind or in our 90-day implementations, like for our clients to pay us 50,000 to our clients to pay us 10,000. the, One thing that you have to do is you have to become the person that like can sell and deliver your product. What I mean is if you're delivering a good experience, like you're not going out and getting drunk every night, you're not lying. You're not cheating. You're not doing X, Y, and Z. And people are like, well, you know, that it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But when I stopped being the person that, it's almost like you almost have to be able to deserve to be able to sell it. Like That's right. you don't, a lot of people think they just come into a place and they just deserve to be able to sell something. Like right. the people that sell Ferraris, they, they, didn't, they didn't show up on the Ferrari lot and start selling Ferraris. Right. The same goes in business. Like you don't deserve to sell something until you at your core have become the person that can sell and deliver that product right. or experience. And when you become that person, your ability to sell becomes drastically easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The sustainability factor is is even like three layers down of what you're talking about because there's people out there that can sell and they can sell it without integrity. They're not good people, yeah. all this stuff, right? But but eventually it's not sustainable, it implodes. They themselves implode the business, right? Yeah. So everything that you're talking about is spot on because if you plan on being around for a while at all, which then leads to strategic partnerships and referrals and an actual business that stays around forever and profitability where you can actually take your family on a vacation and, and do the cool things that you want to do. It all comes back down to character, characteristic traits. Like what, what are, what's, what's this bucket that we're talking about here? Identity yeah, so
1: growth. I, it's identity. Right. So I always tell people, they're like, you're, I, you know, they're like, all right. So we, we talk a lot about stories. So you have these stories in your head and the reason you have stories in your head is because you've placed your actions in front of your identity so if you have like you know people talk about imposter syndrome or they talk about um not being good enough or they talk about maybe you know maybe they're kind of like insecure about leading their people that's a good one like if you're insecure about leading your people it's probably because your action precedes your identity so you, you your action is leading people you're trying to lead people your identity is not a leader. Right. And then, so you have a disconnect. And so the result is over here, right? So you have ident- you have action, identity, result. And there's not like, it's, it's not lining up. So you have this fraction of a story in your mind and you say, hey, look, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough or I'm not the person who can or I'm not qualified to or or you go the other way and it's their fault well my sales aren't listening my accountants don't do a good job right my business partners don't value me right my customers are entitled what happened probably is your actions are preceding your identity so just pivot when your identity precedes your actions that's going to lead your results without a story it's just confident like when you become a leader the actions of leadership flow effortlessly. 100%. And then the results, you're not chasing results. They just happen. Yeah. I had a guy tell me a while ago, he was like, I, had, I always had the story that like of the hero's journey. Life has to be hard to get better, right? This guy told me, he was like, he sent me a message on Instagram and he was like, you know, that's just a story you tell yourself. Because the story I told myself and I posted on Instagram was life has to be hard, but that's okay. All right. And he, he sends me a message. like, Hey, just so you know, that's just a story you're telling yourself and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? Like, and that was after a journaling experience. So I do these things called yeah. stacks. So it was after this journaling experience, that was the outcome I came out with. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like you can journal and still come up with false beliefs. Oh. And he was like, it doesn't have to be that way. And I was like, what do you mean? So he was generous enough to spend like two hours talking. He was like, you tell yourself that life has to be hard. And by doing that, you're making it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. What came into my mind afterwards, that was a massive shift for me was I tell myself that life has to be hard because I want to go through the down so I can be the hero. Mm. So it's an ego driven process. And a lot of people don't see that. A lot of people see the journey of that, that they might make a mistake or someone else does something to them or whatever. And so life is hard or that it's the natural flow of life. The life has to be hard and da, 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 da. The problem is you oftentimes make life difficult so you can rise as the hero. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is an ego thing. And it sucks because when you do that, like it's, I tell people this too, if you're a single guy and you run your, your business and you don't have employees and you don't have a family, you don't have kids, it doesn't really matter. Well, that's shallow. That's kind of the truth. Like it just is. The problem, because you can be the hero, nobody cares, like be the hero for your customer, cool, it's whatever. The problem is, is when you have teams, a family and other people that depend on you, Yeah, they also have to go on the journey with you, which means you take them through the, through the pit, yeah. so you can peak. Yep. Guess what? They don't get the peak. For the first few times they do, and I get it. And that's what happened in my marriage. For the first few years, I'd go through the pit, come up to the peak, and I would be like, oh, congratulations, like, we're, we're here, whatever. Time five or six. Yeah, it's like, Neh. She's like, why do you keep doing this? Yeah. Like, you know, and, I'm, and, and then my, I would be like, there's nothing I can do about it. I tell people, it's right. like, basically, excuse you, tell yourself ever. Like, there was, there's nothing you do about it now. There was something you could right. have done about it then. But so he tells me this things like, life is easy. And I just started looking at it, and I was like, all right. So now I get past this thing of like needing to be the hero, but I needed to be the hero because I didn't have a solidified identity. So I would make my actions lead to my results, which then I would associate with my identity. Mm-hmm. So I would have all these like mismatched stories and I like mm-hmm. couldn't figure it out. And my whole mind shifted when he told me that, because I was like, all right, so life, he was like, life should be easy. Life is effortless and life just flips then I started digging into my identity. I'm like, who am I? Right. So I have like six statements. I'm a warrior. I'm a beacon. I'm a lover. I'm a leader. I'm a rainmaker and I'm a game changer. Those six things. Yeah. And I didn't just pick those out of the air. Right. Everybody's like, Oh yeah. Just pick affirmations and say them a bunch and you'll be good right. to go. No. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like those were critical foundational pieces to me that I was living sometimes. I'm a warrior, right? My body's healthy, strong, whatever. I would work out sometimes. I'm a beacon, right? I do what God calls me to do. I live my purpose in life sometimes. I'm a lover. When it's convenient for me, I'll love my wife and my daughter. I'm a leader. I can lead people, sure, right? I'm a rainmaker. I can make money. I'm a game changer. I can change the way people do business. The problem was I wasn't living those identities fully. So I went back and I started to reestablish these identities every single day and i would go through and I would take stock every single day am i doing these six things yeah so there's there's a part where the actions do have to align but the identity comes first so w- once i came down to this like i haven't drank in i don't know a while and i don't keep track of it because i don't care but it's not like it's not like a like if, if, yeah. if you're sober which i'm sober from other things like other drugs and stuff and, and I do know how long it's been. Like, I stopped taking Adderall last, not last April to April prior. April yep. 1st, two years ago, know exactly when it was, right? Keep track of that date, all that. So, if you are sober, congratulations. That's fantastic. Keep track of your dates. I think it's incredible. But I stopped drinking just because, like, it didn't align with those six things. Yep. So, like, so good. right, right. And so, so my action, there's no story. Yeah. Like, it's just, and, and, and there's no even desire because right. my, like, I know who I am. And then yeah. the actions just happen because it's, it's like the actions are produced from the integrity yeah. of my identity. And then the results, like, and that's where people make, like making money isn't difficult. And everybody, I know 99.9% of the people that are listening to this are like, you don't know what you're talking about or, okay, I'm sure it's not hard for you or, okay, you haven't been through the struggle. No, I have been through the struggle, like down to bankruptcy. Almost down to like almost losing my whole family down to literally my wife, like with divorce papers in her hands, ready to walk out of the door. So like I've been there and it, it was the, the process of coming back from literally, and it's been the journey of this last year, like literally wife's getting ready to walk out of the door and done taking our daughter. Business getting ready to go bankrupt. Hold you yeah. to the transition of that, and that what really started to click with me was that life is easy. Yeah. And when he told me that, like those the, that journey of identity to action to result became very clear to me. And so when yeah. I wasn't making it rain, yep, I still was doing the actions that. I would do as a rainmaker to make money. And then, and then you don't live in a scarcity mindset. You're not worried about like, like I'm not worried about when the next check come in or when the next whatever or exactly. when the next thing. Right. Because like, it doesn't mean that you're not intensely going after it. It just means that you're not worried about it. Oh, dude. Yeah. And that's like, but, but, and now it's not, I'm not on a gas. I don't have my foot on the gas or the brake. Like, I'm not, you know how most people, it's like you go, you make yeah. money, you slow down. You yeah. make money, you down, oh, yeah. right? Every sales guy and entrepreneur out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that doesn't happen anymore because the, the money's a metric yeah. of the other six identity traits.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and people are like, well, money's not associated with your body. First oh, of all, that's 100%. What it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if there's literally anybody out there, there's literally a study that was done on used car salespeople. The better you dress, the more in shape you are, the more, it's called the halo effect the more somebody automatically trusts you. And the more they trust you, they assign all the good qualities of trust to all your other things. So they're going to trust you about your car recommendations. They're going to give you less objections. They're going to do X, Y, and Z. Stay in shape. Like, get off the couch, do your work, whatever. But that shift, understanding that life is easy when you live from a place of identity, it's the Mm -hmm. biggest shift, I think, entrepreneurs need to take so they aren't spending their chaos sending their family sending their clients yeah just into turmoil so they can have the feel-good experience of being the hero
0: yeah yeah you're 100 right i i think probably the majority of entrepreneurs fit into that category of needing to be the hero whether they're ready to admit it or not i found myself following you in your journey like oh man yep i've been right there oh yep i've been there too and wow we did it again and again and again one thing I want to share real quick, I don't, I don't share a bunch here about myself on these shows, but one thing that you said that is really stuck out to me and it hasn't, I haven't shared this with really hardly anybody ever, let alone on the show publicly, but I've, I've never drank and not because of anything necessarily. Yes. I, I'm, you know, I, I find myself as a, a man of faith and, and, but there there's people that, go to my church. My, my, my wife drinks wine sometimes. Like, like there's no judgment from me. It's like, it is what it is. Like for me particularly, yeah. I've just never had a desire. And then I had this alignment thing, like, a, well, if it doesn't, like if the end result of that doesn't give me what I want. And so I've thought about like that for not just alcohol, but just in general, does this get me what I want? So first off, do I know what I want? Yeah. If I know what I want clearly, then this action either helps me or it doesn't. If it doesn't, I don't do it plain and simple. If it does, I do it easy enough. Yep. And that's really, really easy, except for that. It's super hard, right? Like it's easy yeah. to talk about it. It's simple, super hard it's to simple do. but it's, it's hard. Simple. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. So I just last, uh, I don't know, probably about a year ago, I had someone inside of our mastermind group. We were at dinner at one of our events and they were like, Hey, you're not, you're not ordering a drink. Do you, do you, do you not drink? I'm like, no, I don't actually. And they were like, okay, but, but like, is this cool? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. like." It, like it's that's that's on you. Like you do you. I'm gonna do me, and and then you know five five or six minutes later is like well why you know <laughs> yeah why why aren't you doing it? So I kind of shared the same thing here. Just like you know at the end result, like I don't know if it really aligns with what I'm looking for. And and the the her, his wife was like you know that reminds me of a proverb Proverb 31 where it talks about basically the king can't it shouldn't he shouldn't take strong drink because he has he has decisions to make weighty decisions yeah. for the entire kingdom. And that hit me. i never, I mean, obviously I've read the verse, I've read the Bible, but I didn't, I didn't like have that in my brain as like this thing that I lived by, except for that. I did. It was the identity of like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going after. And then on top of that, for it to say, you know, strong drink, isn't for Kings. It was like, Oh man, like I've already identified yeah. that the King is my identity, bro. Like, come on. So very much like you, I just think that the listener should take like, honestly, they should just pause and go back five minutes and listen to everything you just said again, because it's, it's just straight gold. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I do want to go into some of those red flags, some of those bad decisions, maybe top one that you did. I mean, you had a couple businesses, you know, what was one thing that you did just just like,
1: don't do this. So top note, like number one. And so are you familiar with culture index? Yeah. Oh yeah. I use it. Okay, so so do I. and if you're not listening or if you you know if you have a company that has more than four employees and you're looking to like spend a little money on a tool that's just like out of this world, incredible, yep. buy culture index yep. like it'll change your life and people I, I know disk, I love disk disc is yep. great. so are the so is the Enneagram. so it's like the 90s I'm like probably taking them all yep. straight CI all is everything. just another level. <laughs> yeah, but CI it, it's different like and yep. when you start to take it, it changes like it changed the way that I operate so Biggest thing that I would say is like, and it can go two ways. One is know your numbers. Now, that's not what I like to do. I'm a daredevil, if you're familiar. So oh, wow. I like leader over here, social here, like I'm yep. a social, not patient. Follow through is like, yeah, terrible. I'm, my follow through is a one. My leadership is a nine.
0: Yep,
1: Like super, just not, you know. Yeah. So it's terrible. So know your numbers. Now I don't like to do accounting because I don't, I don't like to do repetitive tasks. I'm not very good at accounting. However, I will make sure now in every business that I run, I know my numbers. How do I do that? I put someone in place Mm -hmm. who is really good at accounting Yep, and I make sure that I have really good optics weekly monthly quarterly and annually and they're not the same times four or type like most people are like my weekly metric is just my monthly metric and my monthly metric is just my quarter nope. you know times the multiplier of whatever it needs to be right that's not that's not good that's okay it's not great but know your numbers like keep a scorecard every single day yeah where you're going in and you're inputting your information of like how much did i sell today yeah how, much, how many people did I engage with today? Because when you know your numbers, it's really hard to be thrown off. Yeah. Like you can forecast all the problems and you make the good business decisions. Right. So if you don't want to know your numbers, hire someone who can tell you your numbers.
0: Yep. exactly.
1: Like that you can trust and it doesn't need to be an accountant. If you're a guy like me, You probably want a COO. Yep. If you're a guy that's a COO, you probably want a guy like me. Like, find that balance of the, because he doesn't have to be an accountant, the COO, but he's going to want to learn more about it than you do. Totally. So, I mean, that's like my biggest piece of advice is like, and this is my first time ever being in a partnership in a business and like, yeah, and being surrounded by, Dude, it's, it, it's a game changer. Like I have people that I can rely on now in ways that literally like I can send an email to somebody and be like, hey, you know, pull these 25 people for me and I'll call them or I'll do whatever. or Tell me this, this, and this about our revenue and I get it back. Or I can just, I have a software that I pull up. It's called 90.io and I pull it up and I have yeah. a scorecard and it's incredible. Is the is the result of what you're
0: sharing, obviously you've kind of given several key factors here based on even just your personality was the negative or the the situation originally that you didn't have these things in place. You were all over the place. Obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm super familiar with the daredevil profile. And so in essence for the, for the listener, it's like, man, you got a lot of ambition. You're willing to talk to people. You have no patience and you're all over the place, which is incredible, yeah. but can be terrible. And so the up and down that you described is, is spot yeah. on. And so was, was back in the, back in the day, was that like no systems? I didn't have the right person. They, I didn't know my numbers. Is that, is that what happened? And then therefore yeah. now that's what the advice that you're giving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my thing is like, you could, you, you can always outsell bad production and you, <laughs> you, you can like, you, you can outsell it. Like if you're pretty decent at sales, you can outsell most of your problems. That's the right. problem is, and to, unless you get the problem fixed, it's just going to cascade into a bigger problem. So like, I'll and go money out gets and, I'll bigger grow,
0: and the risk gets bigger.
1: Yeah. I'll go out and grow business to a million dollars in six months. No problem. That's like, if you're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, no, you don't. Because guess what? They're, like, because then it is gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. And then you're like lawyers, attorneys. It's, it's like, it's like not cool to, you know, like what I love is having a partner or a team member or someone who, as I'm growing, like I know Incredible. the numbers. And a lot of guys in the trades, like don't want to work with their wives. I'm telling you right now, most of the times, like your wife can be your biggest asset in the trades and in a lot of businesses, like my parents aren't the trades husband and wife. Like I know a lot of couples who are just power teams because when they started out, they couldn't afford to hire the second person, but the, the husband's the visionary, like the go-getter, like the,
0: and then he thinks that his,
1: (laughs) yeah, he thinks that his wife is going to slow him down and she will for his own good. Right like speed, speed kills. It also can outperform everything, but like, until you have a rock solid foundation, that speech it's, it's not great. So that's the same my song basic. and dance.
0: It's the same up and down until you get the system.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that's like, you know, so I talked about that, the, the predictability. Yeah. Right. Predictability is based around processes. Yep. Do I like to write processes? No. <laughs> like, but do I see the value of them? Oh yeah. Yep. Got to have them. So I sit down, I write
0: them. Yeah, and
1: definitely. like, and, and then, you know, and then as a leader, I have to follow them, which That's again, right. my profile, not great. I don't love doing it, but like, I'm a leader. What does the leader do? Leader does what he says. He's going to lead from the front. That's right. So I do what I say I'm going to do. And if I write a process for other people to follow, I'm going to follow the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so good, man. You're, you're weaving in really just integrity and, and even maybe your faith, but just all these like deeper concepts of identity, really, even into the the practicality of getting your numbers and and uh, having even maybe your spouse involved, like all those things are practical. But then you're given just the the deeper level as well. Um, just just because you gave me yours, I'm a I'm an architect, but I'm a like a like almost uh, no. a ten spread, like a. Okay. To- a to C is, is almost an entire graph. And <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, a lot of projects and a lot of stuff happening all at once. And we're going very fast and, yeah. Oh, by the way, it needs to be perfect. Yep. So there's uh, a, <laughs> the that's people awesome. that are around me, as they say, Chaz has a high standard moves really fast and likes to do new things all the time, Yeah. which is very, very awesome and difficult all in the same time. Yeah. You know, so just and that's,
1: you now I, no, I love architects. I love, I love working with architects there. So. Yeah, it's, it's a great profile. And that's how my, I'm like the 10 spread same with the same deal. Okay. And it's just like, so it's, I'm literally one for my D, my follow-through. It, it, just so you know that, like, I'm literally, if you understand Culture Index, I am, if you took a room of a thousand people, out of those thousand people, I have the 0.001%. I, I, I'm like Extremity. the lowest with follow-through. Yeah. So people, if you think you're not going to follow through, like you, you haven't met me. Yeah, But exactly. you got them beat. Yeah. Because I do what I say I'm going to do. Yep. Like usually I, I'm more of like the trailblazer. So I like hook that D back a little bit just because yep. you have to, like you, you, you can't you not it pay out. attention. Yeah. Until you have someone who else, and then you can be all vision and super
0: fun, but yeah, it's super high level leverage that we're talking about here. And, and for the listener, you know, because, because I'm associated with culture index have been for many years, you know, and we've probably done some similar trainings and stuff, but I implement all this stuff with, with a lot of my clients as well, as I'm sure you do. So if yeah. you're listening right now, you have no idea what we're talking about. Send me an email to CW at ChazWolf.com, or you can just DM us on social media. There's going to be a link probably in the in the show notes. I'm sure that my editor put it there. And and we can get with you on this Culture Index stuff. It, it's a game changer, whether that's really Max or myself helping you. I'm sure Max would be willing to help because I'm sure it goes yeah. into his consulting play as well. But it, it, it's, it, it's another level. There's even guys in my mastermind group that have been around me for a year plus plus. Just even recently I got in with them a couple of times with with a few of their team members. And it's like, man, I know this person, but you don't really I mean, I know this person because I can see their graph and I can yeah. tell you exactly who they are. And when I can, when I can do that or when you know the information, then you can make decisions based on. The things that need to happen inside of the business. So we may have just gone over just like way over your head, or maybe you're tracking with us either way. I'm sure either myself or Max would like to help you in this regard. So just, just connect with us regarding the culture index. And, and we can help you out with that. I want to go to our speed round real quick here. The first one around KPIs, which you've already des- <laughs> described that numbers and KPIs is like not even in your realm, but you have to be. So what's that what? one thing that you would track if you could only pick one thing? What area of business? Anything- the whole deal. I'm
1: trying to complicate the whole thing for you. Man, if I could only track one thing. I mean, for me, like my favorite, obviously is revenue. It's not the most helpful. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I would, I would say, you know why, right? So net operating income. Like yeah. most business owners overspend right out of the gate, start making some money, start loving it, start like bringing it in, loving it. You know, you go out, buy a nice car or you get a little bit, you take your foot off the gas. But like at the end of the day, if you know your net operating income, like your net, 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 then you know as a business owner how much you can actually take without hurting the business. And I don't like take it down to zero. Take, like, take all the money on the, it. It doesn't matter. The problems occur when you take past that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't recommend taking down to zero, obviously, because you don't have any money to hedge for protection. Yeah. But
0: yeah, no like,
1: yeah, if you don't know your net, net, net with like 100% accuracy, you're, you, you're going to struggle. Because yeah. you, w- you will over, like, you'll over-distribute to yourself. I've seen, like, maybe one guy who in his profile, tech expert. He's, like, like those are the only guys that don't overspend. They're just, like, you know, they're very, very conservative. Or you could be, like, incredibly conservative, and you're, like, hedging all this money. And if you're very conservative, you probably know your net operating income. And you're hedging all this money, and your business is going to grow exponentially slower. Yeah. So you need to know, like, you need to know that net.
0: 100%. I think that even just the way you described it, I've had a lot of guys mention cash flow, net profit. It's been said, you know, a hundred different ways, but your picture there of not not only knowing the number but then knowing how to operate with it yeah. is you can't have a burn rate bigger than your than bigger than your flow. Like yeah. It's not gonna last very long. And yeah. and and to your point, starting a new business, there can be a burn rate. Like th- there's a there's a period of time where I'm spending more than I'm making because it's an investment and I can, you know, hedge those things with maybe raised capital or capital that I saved to
1: start the business, whatever. Like there's lots of ways to do that. Yeah. But you still gotta know the number. <laughs> yeah, you still like you still do. And people people just miss that. Like you have to know that number because that, that I mean that's it, and like I love I love leveraging other people's money for growth. Like I paid about a year ago, I paid a hundred thousand dollars for a coaching thing. I raised money for it. Why would I pay for it? I mean, I don't want to pay a hundred, you know, so why am I going to pay for it? So I didn't, I raised other people's money, gave them like a good rate. It's fortunate they weren't making any money in the stock market. So it's easy to give them a really low interest rate. Like people, I think a lot of people misunderstand leverage. You can't get over leveraged. Now, if you know your net, you're not going to get over leveraged. So you'd be good. Yeah. Love it.
0: What book would you recommend, Max, for uh, for a business owner trying to grow in 23?
1: This is how trying to grow in 23 to sell as human by Daniel Pink. Love that book. It, yeah. But like every, you know, 90% of people out there have a bad story about selling. I don't want to be a salesperson, whatever. Yep. Like the cool thing is the, the market for selling recently is just trans. Like it's, it's going so different. Like I don't hire the typical extroverted people for sales. Like if you're a persuader, it's like over, you can be good at sales, but like you don't oftentimes drive it home hard enough.
0: Yep. Or authentic enough.
1: Is what I or think. authentic enough, yeah. And you're, yeah, exactly. So that's a good point. To sell as humans, great. I like have all my books over there. Yeah, I would say that actually. You know what? Another one, because I'll, I'll just give you one since or another one. Hundred million dollar offers. Oh yeah. If you know how to create an offer, that is that's so yeah. <laughs> if, like if you if you don't have that book, you're yeah. you're missing out. And I mean, if yeah. you do any like. People are like, oh, I'm in construction. I don't need to know my offer. You do because you can package things that don't cost you money. Like a mold remediation company can bring a hygrometer and put it in their offer that you're going to get a free hygrometer and that homeowner thinks you're getting $100 worth of value. It's $2. Okay.
0: Yep. Like, game changer. Yeah, so hundred percent. Stack the stack the offer, make it so valuable. In fact, make it so. What is it? Make it so good people have, feel stupid for saying no. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Alex Formosie. <laughs> I, right, I got. Yeah. I got. I got a question here for you, and then we'll and then we'll wrap up. The question's about family. Okay? okay. And you've got a two and a half year old girl. You already mentioned that. You've already mentioned you know papers with the wife and divorce possibly or you know b- before how that's yeah. obviously changed. But what are you doing now? To make those things as much an obsession as the business, especially even given the profile that you have mentioned that you have.
1: Yeah, super simple. Exactly. Like, so again, if you guys know this, like, I have a, I have a lot going against me for like being a good husband. Like other daredevils, I know have, they're like, you need to get in an open relationship. I'm like, no, I don't. Thank you, thank you for your advice. It's not going to do that. Like, I don't. It's hard for me to focus on other things besides business, and I drive very hard. And my wife is very feminine and soft. And like the biggest thing for me that I realized is as a husband, there are four levels you have to go through. Well, first thing is this I'm a lover, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Therefore,
1: hey, hey, hey. in anything that I do, I'm gonna do with love for my wife. Now, so one of the reasons I don't like to drink at night, I don't wanna be drunk, I don't wanna be hungover. If my daughter wakes up at three in the morning, And I'm not able to go in there with love and be with her. I'm not loving my wife.
0: Mm. Or your your daughter, but behind the scenes is your wife.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that's the the biggest thing is like you, I, you as a husband are 100% responsible for how your wife shows up. I love that. People are like, my wife is distant. It's your fault. My wife is spending all my money it's your fault. My wife and I don't have sex. It's your fault. And you know, my wife is sharp with me in front of our kids. It's still your fault. Like <laughs> when you show up as a man and you lead and love your wife, you create an, a, you create, like, if you're the earth, you're the, you're the foundation. She can be the weather. And that's what she wants to be. She wants to be the storm. She wants to be turbulent. And you have to accept that you have not accepted. You love it. Like, I love that about my wife because that femininity is what opens her up to just flourishing into this like beautiful dynamic person that you, that you get to meet. Yeah. So as husbands, there's four foundations you have to get to, to be a good husband. The first is stability. If you aren't providing stability, your wife will not trust you. Yeah.
0: And you as a daredevil know this more than anybody, I bet.
1: A hundred percent daredevil. <laughs> to, to show, like it, they're literally, it's like black and white, like that. Yeah. So, and I'm so comfortable outside of stability because I, I, I know I can bet on myself right. to overcome, to it out. but that's not fair to her. That's right. So stability. The next thing is peace. If you don't have peace, like if you give financial stability is great. The next thing you have to give them is peace. How do you give them peace? You love them with everything you have, right? right. And, and you give them that, like, you don't come in, like, all stormy, all emotional. Right. Like, right. you come, not saying you're just hide it all. No, like, you give them poised. peace that, yeah, that things are going to be okay. Yep. The next thing is love. Because people think that, like, love is foundation. Like, if you, you can love somebody really hard. And, like, if you yes. don't have stability, yeah, it's going to, like that love's gonna get fractured really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so peace or stability, peace, then love. Anything and everything you do, you do it out of love. Yeah. And then that follows, then that allows you to have a joyful and abundant relationship. Love that. And the pinnacle joy, right? Like that's where you want to be. So if you wanna, if you wanna succeed in marriage, peace or stability, peace, love, joy. Yeah. Follow that. And then remember that every way that she shows up, it's your fault. And, you know, do it over a long period of time and you'll see this massive paradigm shift in you and your life and it'll be incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So good. I hope that the listener is paying attention and goes back and listens because I think, you know, a big reason why I started asking this question here on the show is because I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this this wrestle, family, marriage, business. And and then there's all people talking about balance. And I think that that's just, forget that. We just got to go in all of these directions all at once, which speaks to your heart of of living outside of stability. But even inside of that, you can still have structure. The confines that you just gave to us are incredible. So thank you for sharing that. I got one last question here for you, Max. I want to know if you could whisper in the younger Max's ear, what would you say?
1: Probably you're worthy. That was the biggest thing for me, right? Like you are worthy. And like, if you understand that you're worthy, you understand that you can have an abundant life. Yeah. It's like- this, you know, and that, that was such a big thing for me to struggle with for so long, was I didn't understand that worthiness piece.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. You've given us you've given us a lot to think about, identity all the way to practical, you know, tips and in, in in bringing forth uh, strategic partnerships to grow your business. You've been incredible. How can the listener find you? So I want to give just two options here, just a real quick promo. Obviously, if someone wants to pick your brain as an entrepreneur, cool. Yeah, but maybe they're in the trades, maybe they're not. You help both, but maybe this this talk that you've given here today has stirred something up and they want to reach out for a paid consulting. They want to be able to grow personally or as a, as a business owner. How can they find you that
1: way as well? Do this. So Max Mays at Instagram, at Max Mays, M-A-X-M-A-Y-E-S, super easy. And I'll give this out to people because I know how many entrepreneurs like go through this really deep struggle and they think that a website is going to solve their problems. Sure. You can literally text me at 904-553-6900. Hit me up with any of your problems, any of your concerns, any of your questions, and I'll, however, I can help, I'll be there. Love it. Yeah, we'll put both
0: of those, you know, the number and also the Instagram in the show notes. But as the listener, don't be that guy that just listens. Be the guy that yeah. takes action. Take Max up on his offer, and uh, Max, we just—you just be incredible, man. Like I, I think we could, guys like you and I, we could probably just talk for hours and hours. And 100%. and now knowing your profile, I know that you don't have a schedule. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, right. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. just keep going and going and going. <laughs> I'm the one that's looking like, oh, geez, the time I gotta go. I got you know. <laughs> You've been incredible. Thank you. Blessings on your family, your little girl, your wife, your business, all the all the things, man. I just appreciate you being here and dropping so much value on us today.
1: Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thanks, man.
0: Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so gathering the kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 kings specifically, who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 kings. Talk soon.